So this morning we're going to talk about, I'll kind of get ahead of myself, but it says, what do we do when? What do we do when? And I left it blank. I just put uh, the three periods and a question mark there. But what do we do when heaven is silent? When God seemingly isn't answering? And so that's the thought this morning, and that song is uh, so appropriate for what we're going to look at. So um, thank you for your prayers while I was away. It was good. Uh, it was a very productive trip, but I'm glad it's over. Um, I'm glad to see you folks. So next to my family, uh, I could care less about going to work tomorrow, but uh, I was glad to be here this morning to, to be with you folks. And so it is a blessing. And so uh, if you have your Bible, Psalm 119, we'll pick up where we left off. Uh, the last uh, couple weeks ago, we are in the 11th stanza, uh, Kaf. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't speak Hebrew, so there's probably a little more throaty sound to that. Um, but it's verses 81 through 88 is where we'll be this morning. And uh, <clears throat> what do you do when heaven doesn't respond? Um, when, when you feel like you're looking for God to do something on your behalf, but there's just seems nothing is taking place. And, and we have seen throughout this psalm and in one, this chapter here, uh, and we're made well aware that the psalmist is in trouble at times. He's been persecuted. Uh, there's been a lot of trouble. And uh, so this morning we're going to uh, look at some things where <clears throat> he's, uh, the, the term fainteth is used and, and it's just a, a difficult time. And uh, I think there's a few things that we can learn on how we ought to respond in similar circumstances. Um, I was listening to a, uh, uh, actually it was a movie I was watching, <clears throat> and it was about Cold War spy type stuff that was taking place. And, and uh, there was a diplomat that had went to uh, represent, unofficially represent the United States on behalf of a, a trade deal. And uh, they were in these, these meetings and they were talking about, they came to an agreement. We're going to do this. Um, and then the American was like, we're going to do it on this day. And it was within a, a day or two. And he's like, oh, you Americans are always in such a hurry. You know, you want everything now. And, I, and I, I'm afraid in our Christian life, that's how we are. Uh, we want God to do things on our behalf, on our timing. Uh, we want relief. We want uh, him to intervene in circumstances. Uh, and make things all better. Uh, but the reality is that's not how God always works. God allows things to take place over a period of time, and, and it, sometimes it seems like a long time. And so with that thought in mind, and as we sing that song, uh, thank you, brother, for that, and, and he never moves without a purpose or a plan. Uh, whether we understand it or see it not, uh, God is always doing something through the circumstances. And so uh, <clears throat> let's read these and we'll pray and look at what the Lord has for us this morning. Verse 81 in Psalm 119, My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet do I not forget thy statutes. How many are the days of thy servant when wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? The proud have digged pits for me, which are not after thy law. All thy commandments are faithful. 
They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. They had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. Quicken me after thy loving kindness, so shall I keep thy test or so shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for your word, and I pray, Lord, that you'd meet with us in this Sunday school hour, Lord, that you'd fill this facility with the Spirit of God, and that you'd bless each Sunday school teacher uh, throughout, and Lord, that you would just do a work <clears throat> through your word and through the Holy Spirit to change us to be more like Christ. And Lord, we just pray that you give us a good day. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we are this morning, and, and at verses 81 through 83, we see a wanting soul. Uh, the psalmist says, my soul fainteth for thy salvation. And uh, <clears throat> I would say he's uh, dealing with some challenges, uh, some difficulties. And uh, he needed revival, if you will. And uh, my soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Uh, the circumstances that he found himself in uh, were trying, I think we could agree, to say the least. Well, when you get to the point of where you feel like you're just going to faint, has anyone in here ever fainted? Uh, I have, I have to admit that. I got injured one time on the job, and I had a gaping hole in my arm, and I looked over, and it, it, I got cut. I still have a scar there, and it's like the flesh just went, it's like you could see like deep in there, and I was like, Wow, I need to sit down. And before I could sit down, I was laying down. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, I'm just being honest with you. It happened. And, and I have, and I'm not as squeamish as I used to be, but, um, but I will admit, I, every time Cindy bore one of our children, that was difficult for me. Yes. I, going, just witnessing the travail that she was in, um, and I think I was always without food. It seemed like for whatever reason I never had eaten, and I just was really, I don't know if my blood sugar was low. I don't know what was going on, but I would get queasy almost at one point. The nurse said, you need to sit down, sir, and because uh, they were noticing it. Um, <clears throat> but in those times, uh, I just felt so weak. There was nothing I could do to prevent myself from passing out when I had that injury, that cut at work. It was before I knew it, I was on the ground and I'm looking up and they're going, Justin, you okay? And, uh, and I didn't faint when, when Cindy had those children, uh, but I did, I, I really felt like I came close. And uh, you guys make fun of me and I, I, that's fine, but I'm telling you what, women are amazing. And uh, I, I don't know how they do it, but um, so. Hmm? Those children? Those children? Those, yeah, those, those, <laughs> so our children, so, um, yeah, <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> so the psalmist here, uh, his soul is fainting uh, for the salvation of the Lord, and, and he's going through some things that are despairing. Uh, he's weak. And he's longing for God to do a work. And, and, and I won't spend a lot of time here. We'll just kind of mention it uh, quickly. But salvation is used in different number of ways in the Bible. Obviously, we know that uh, there's salvation from the penalty and the, and the power of sin. And uh, oftentimes, we, we typically relate it to that. Most, I would say most often. 
but you have to understand the context of passages and things. Not everything that just talks about salvation in the scripture is not talking about salvation of a soul, right, from the penalty of sin. And uh, there's salvation from sorrow. Uh, and, and in this case, I believe it's salvation from these circumstances or the situation that the psalmist in. I don't believe he's uh, <clears throat> praying for salvation uh, as we think of salvation in Christ uh, typically. But the latter aspect there of he's dealing with these difficult situations. Um, but we, don't, we still don't know the specifics of what he's going through. We really don't. Um, <clears throat> we... <clears throat> We might be able to make some applications and some things, but, but I think there's a lot of uh, unspecified things in the psalm here uh, so that we could gain a, a more thorough or we can apply it more universally, I guess, uh, when we look at these principles and the things that he's going through. Um, <clears throat> but no doubt he is seeking deliverance from despair. He says, my soul fainteth for thy salvation. And he's asking God to do something. Verse 82 says this, mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, when wilt thou comfort me? And he's just saying, God, I'm desiring for you to do something. But it's not happening. I want you, I need you. Uh, these circumstances are more than I can bear. Uh, I'm fainting uh, with the, the load of these burdens. And, and listen, I'm going to tell you this morning, it's all about perspective. It's all about where our perspective is in these challenging times that God allows us to go through. And, and we know that we go through them. Um, and it doesn't mean we have to <clears throat> necessarily look forward to them. Uh, nobody wants that God would, uh, if God would allow, we could love to learn all the things that we need to learn without those things. But the reality is that's not reality. Um, the reality is we have to face some challenges to learn the things that God is trying to teach us. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the word of God is like the sun. And, uh, and, and look at that. He says, but I hope in thy word. Uh, and, and throughout this passage, in verse 83, it says, Yet do I not forget thy statutes. And so when I say it's about perspective, listen, the sun's always shining. The Word of God, and I'll give you a teaser to next week. It says, uh, oh, about, uh, <clears throat> yeah, in verse 89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And it says, Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. And so we, we see, and even in, well, don't, let me not get too far ahead of myself here, but um, uh, in this week, he, he's just he's going through some difficulties, and and uh, we always need to keep the right perspective. Uh, listen, when it's rainy uh, and it's just pouring and it's miserable and nasty, uh, when you get in that aircraft and you take off and you get above the clouds, what happens? The sunshine. It's beautiful, but the perspective from down below doesn't look that way. And listen, the Word of God is always there. We always have the Word of God to, to hold on to and to find faith and, and comfort and hope of the Scriptures, if you will. And uh, listen, our circumstances are like those clouds. And you just stare up there and it seems so hopeless. And uh, the, the snowstorm or the rainstorm, 
but when we allow God's word to change our viewpoint, we see them as temporary troubles soon to vanish. It's about the perspective. And, and so don't forget that as we uh, go through this, this lesson this morning. But listen, the psalmist's sight was failing. Looking for a word from God, mine eyes fail for thy word. Uh, he, he's just, Lord, I'm looking for something. I need anything. This, this is a dire situation. I'm not enjoying what's going on. Uh, have you ever been in the storm that was just when it quit? Uh, we went through a typhoon when we were stationed in Okinawa, Japan. And, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll never forget, they talk about the eye of the storm. This thing blows through and then it kind of gets nice out. You can go outside and enjoy it, but the storm wasn't over. We were in the middle of it. And we had to sit and wait several more hours for that thing to pass over. And, and uh, <clears throat> listen, here he is. He, he's just, God, I need you to do something. That the storm won't stop. And look, he says, it says, when wilt thou comfort me? When the Bible seems to be silent or seems to be saying uh, things that we don't understand, or, or sometimes people would disagree with the Bible, it's, it's saying the wrong things, but it's because our viewpoint isn't right. Our understanding of what's taking place isn't where it ought to be. Uh, listen, the psalmist needed revival in his discouragement. God's word seemed to be letting him down. Lord, I, I, I'm waiting. My eyes fail for thy word. Uh, when are you going to come comfort me? I need you. But there's no answer. Uh, the storm rages on. Uh, we've been through the eye of the storm and we're now in the other half of this thing. Several more hours and he needed restoration. And it says, look at this in verse 83. For I am become like a bottle in the smoke. Yet do I not forget thy statutes. He says, I've become like a bottle in the smoke. And and whenever I read bottle in the Bible, I typically think of glass. That's not what these are. Uh, they're not glass bottles. And uh, <clears throat> history would tell us that they are uh, bottles made out of animal skins uh, for the storage of fluids. And so uh, when he says that, uh, that he's made like this bottle, it's a container uh, that was used uh, to hold fluids that, that was made out of animal skins and it had been exposed to the smoke, uh, perhaps in tents. Uh, I read some things that maybe they were hung uh, outdoors, kind of in the roof air, uh, rooftop areas and, and the smoke ascending up, but I, I, it was probably indoors uh, near a fireplace or something of that nature. But the, regardless of, of what it is, uh, those things were hung there and the smoke begins to corrupt them, uh, begins to dry those animal skins out, begins to uh, waste them away. And, and really those things at, at some point become useless for their intended purpose. Uh, they became dried and cracked. And, and I don't know if you remember uh, <clears throat> way back uh, in the day when uh, <clears throat> the Gibeonites came to Joshua and the people and, and they showed them their their bottles and, and those things that were worn from their uh, supposed long journey and they deceived them using those. And, and so these are bottles that have been uh, hung out to dry, if you will. Uh, have you ever felt like God's just hung you out to dry? The psalmist is, is at the point of fainting. His eyes have failed to see 
his word, the word of God move and to work in his life. And he takes this, this symbol of these bottles that have been ruined and wasted by the heat and the smoke. Just dried up and, and shriveled and cracked and, and really no longer useful to hold any fluids. Uh, these bottles had been ruined by the smoke. Uh, and uh, no doubt if you tried to put something in them, perhaps they would leak. It wouldn't even contain the liquid, but, uh, or maybe that liquid would have an unpleasant flavor. Uh, it would smell like smoke or taste like smoke, and, and you would never want to use those things again because they've just been hung out to dry. Can you relate to the psalmist? For I am become like a bottle in the smoke. God, where have you been? These circumstances are so dire and I've cried out to you. I've asked for you to do something on my behalf. But it seems like there's nothing taking place. He's been hung out to dry. Uh, the smoke might, we might liken it to the penetrating, pervasive, polluting influence of the world. And we'll look at the, the verses that follow those that persecuted him. Uh, he felt contaminated by his surroundings and, and the circumstances of what's going on in his life and, and really just useless. Uh, he felt that he could no longer, uh, and perhaps maybe the worst part of this was he felt that maybe God could no longer use him. Those bottles that had been hung out and, and just ruined by the smoke of the fire are no longer useful. And the psalmist here is going, I'm like that bottle that is worthless. It's not usable. God, what are you doing in these circumstances? I'm not sure what's taking place here, God. I need you to do something. He needed restoration. Look at the latter part of verse 83. Yet do I not forget thy statutes. I found this. Um, from Dr. Howell Jones. Uh, forgive me, he's not an independent Baptist, but I thought this was good anyway. But in verse 83, he says, Forgotten, but not forgetting. The psalmist here is feeling like God has forgotten him. But he's going to be faithful. And so when I said, what to do when... Listen, when, when, when it appears that God has forsaken us, when it appears God has forgotten us, don't give up hope. Remain faithful. And he said in verse 83, forgotten but not forgetting. And if you would, just quickly, we'll get ahead of the text a little bit here. In verse 83, it says, They had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. And he said, forsaken but not forsaking. And he was talking about the psalmist's response to the challenges that God was allowing in his life. He said, I feel forgotten, but I will not forget you. I feel forsaken, but I'm not going to forsake you. And I'm telling you this morning, that's how we need to respond when we don't feel like heaven's answering. Uh, when, when the challenges are tough and, and the things are difficult, uh, we need to just be faithful. Uh, the psalmist needed to be restored and... and uh, <clears throat> There was one way to get rid of the smoke, if you will. 
the word of God was able to cleanse deep within. Uh, The contaminating power of the world was more than counteracted by the cleansing power of the word. He says, regardless of what's going on around me, I'm not going to forget thy word, Lord. Uh, Listen, we can't escape the world. Uh, We can't escape the circumstances God's going to bring in our life. They're coming whether we want them or not. They will come. Uh, But we have God's word to, to help restore us and help keep us clean and usable. And if you remember back in in verse 9 of this chapter, it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto. Listen, we have all that we need in the Word of God to get through any circumstance that God allows in our life. And listen, I want you to, and I know I've been kind of reiterating this over and over, but I think we need to get a hold of it. Listen, God is allowing those things in our life for a reason. He has a plan and He has a purpose. And so don't ever lose that perspective. No matter the challenge, and no matter the victory either. But number two this morning, a weary situation. And, and, and I don't want to belabor this too much and because I, I want to close out on, on something here to hopefully encourage you. But um, listen, I, I said the, the delay, the seeming delay. And he's in a weary circumstance or a weary situation. It says, how many are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? He's in it. Lord, many days I've been here. How many more days do I have to endure this? When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? We might say, why is God delaying? Why is he waiting so long? Time's running out. I'm not getting any younger. I turned 40 this past week. And, and uh, listen, my, we might say my days are slipping away fast. And my prayers remain unanswered. How many are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou Lord, I'm asking you to do something, Lord, but it's not happening. Uh, You're delaying. Listen, apart from God's word, there is no answer to this seeming indifference of God on the behalf of his suffering saints. If we look at it from a human perspective, it's just going to, we're going to think God's indifferent to our situation and our circumstances because we've lost the perspective that God is trying to do something in our lives. Uh, uh, But the psalmist never turns away from the Word of God. You remember the stories of Job and Joseph? And we could talk about many, many others. But I especially want to use those this morning, just their names at least, just to highlight the fact that those were men that were doing right. And they still suffered. Sometimes we always assume somebody's not doing things that they ought to be doing, and so God brings some chastisement within their life. But that's not always the case. God allows difficulties in the lives of His people because He's doing work. And so when you think of Job and Joseph, and, and, uh, and we know at the end of Joseph's life, he said it, uh, that God 
was working to that day in the end. Do you think he thought that when he was thrown in the pit? Listen, we have the end of the story. We know what God was doing there, but sometimes we allow ourselves to get down. Uh, we, get, we, we get weak or we to the point of fainting or, or giving up because, oh God, I just don't know what you're doing. Listen, God has the end of the story already in mind. And, and so keep the perspective that God is doing something. And, and listen, <clears throat> allow God to use your life. Don't wait until you're ready to be used of God. Because uh, listen, I'll, I'll tell you from my own experience, you'll never be ready. I've always just waited. When the Lord brings me along to the certain point where I feel comfortable doing this, I'll start doing it. Start today. You'll never get comfortable. Uh, because God wants to take you further, the next step, and the next step, and the next step. And so you can't, that's how growth works. And so listen, you got to start doing today what you know God wants you to do, regardless of the circumstances that he's allowed in your life. Regardless of the challenges, regardless of the difficulties, regardless of the family that, that persecutes you or that opposes you and, and what you're trying to do for the things of God, uh, begin today to do those things that we ought to be doing. I don't know if we truly, as American Christians, can really understand what persecution is. We have it pretty easy. Yet we whine and complain probably more than those that are really being persecuted. Uh, but listen, I think we're pretty weak when we look at the circumstances of others that they've gone through. And, and Joseph, I mean, just failure or, or difficulty after difficulty in his life, you know, uh, being sold into slavery and, and being imprisoned unjustly. Yet he remained faithful. Regardless of the persecution that he faced. Regardless of the trials. Our problem is we do not have a large enough perspective. We get laser focused on the specific circumstances that we're dealing with when God is trying to prepare us for much greater things. And, and open that aperture, if you will. Uh, widen your perspective. Don't ever lose sight that God's doing something more than what you can see. Uh, <clears throat> sometimes that's difficult because we only know the surface facts. Uh, those things that we're facing. This brother or this sister is sick and, and they're going to die unless God intervenes. Here's a family that's falling apart. Maybe somebody loses their job or, or they fail to get promoted. And we allow all these surface facts to interfere with our perspective of what God's trying to do in our life. And we get down in these circumstances. And listen, we must trust God, His Word, and allow Him to work through the circumstances to conform us to Christ. That's really what He's trying to do. Uh, is, is to conform us to Christ and to make us better servants for Him. The, the psalmist here is in serious danger. I'll try to move quickly to, uh, to hopefully get through this. It says, the proud, in verse 85, the proud have digged pits for me, which are not after thy law. All thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. They had almost consumed me upon earth. 
but I forsook not thy precepts. Uh, listen, why would somebody dig a pit? You're trying to trap somebody. I can't help but think of, I think it was the Vietnam War. It was pretty common for the Viet Cong to dig those pits. Uh, and they would sharpen rods or, or branches. And uh, then they would overlay that thing with something that blended in with the rest of the environment around it in the hopes that somebody would step on there and fall into that pit and be impaled by those branches. And uh, listen, uh, the proud have dig pits for me. They were trying to trap him. Listen, they were trying to kill him, uh, so to speak. And, and uh, all thy commandments are faithful. And look at what it says. They did all of this. Uh, they persecute me wrongfully. Not because of anything that he had done wrong himself. Uh, but they were trying to trap him. His strength was almost gone. I think we've established that. He's at the point of failure, uh, of fainting. His, his eyes have failed to see God doing anything. He's in danger. They're trying to trap him. They're persecuting him. And look what his prayer was. Help thou me. It's pretty simple. I don't think he was trying to impress a crowd around him that was listening to the public prayer. He was at the point where he understood, God, I need your help. Uh, these trials these that are persecuting me, they have dug pits for me. Uh, they seek my destruction. Uh, listen, when a person is desperate, uh, they don't make a big speech of it. You know, I, I came across this. This is originally to me, but I, I, I thought this was interesting. And I, I know you guys have heard something similar at least. And uh, <clears throat> if, if somebody that cannot swim were to fall into the river, uh, and they see folks on the banks of that river, uh, they're not going to fly off into some flowery prayer or request to be helped. Here's an example. I say there, my friend, I wonder if I could persuade you to divest yourself of your garments and plunge into this swiftly flowing river and save me from a watery grave. I shall be forever obliged to you for your kind consideration. I'm about to be inundated by these waters. Please come to my aid. It's probably not what someone's going to say. Help! They're going to cry out and say, I need your help. They might get out the words, I'm drowning. I don't know how to swim. Help! 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 The psalmist, he's in these de desperate circumstances. He's like, help me. Help thou me. God, I need your help. Uh, and, and he said, I've kept the word. I've been faithful uh, to, to the words of God. It says, he said over and over, and we've seen it throughout this chapter that he has just been faithful to the words of God. Uh, <clears throat> how was the psalmist survived up to this point with all these challenges and all these difficulties? Look at the last part of verse 87. But I forsook not thy precepts. The only thing that's kept him going to this point is the Word of God. He said, there have been all these people that have sought my destruction. They've sought my demise. Uh, I'm at the point of failure. But Lord, I've never forsaken your precepts. And so this morning as we close out Sunday school, when we talk about waiting, 
a waiting saint. When there doesn't seem to be an answer, what do we do? But what when? Verse 87, but I forsook not thy precepts. Verse 88, our hopes in the Lord. Verse 88 says, quicken me after thy loving kindness. Look at what it says in the last part of the verse. So shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth. The psalmist cries out for God to quicken and to renew him. No demands, no threats, just a simple cry for help. He's asking God to do something. All of us need help from time to time. We need to draw upon God's source of hope. God's word has come straight from God's mouth. And so when you think of the word of God being God-breathed, the God who inspired the Bible is the creator of the universe, Uh, The Bible will never get out of date. It will never be wrong. It will give us the strength we need to fulfill the purpose for which God has chosen each of us. Where is our hope in the midst of troubles and trials? It can only come from God through His Word. What do we do, or what do you need this morning? Salvation, strength, Maybe cleansing, revival. For many, I think the mountaintop seems so short and the valleys so deep that we get discouraged at times. Just as the psalmist did, we must look to the Word for strength to face the challenges of life. So, what to do when heaven is silent? Verse 87, I want to remind you, they had almost consumed me upon earth. But look what it says in the latter part of that verse. But I forsook not thy precepts. When things seem hopeless, stick to the word. It it won't fail you. God will never fail and he will always keep his word. He's not going to forsake us. Even though we may feel forsaken, He has promised He would never forsake us. And we can, like the psalmist, go to the Word of God. And and a teaser for next week, if you look at verse 89 and 90, Forever, O Lord, Thy Word is settled in heaven. Boy, talk about a sure thing to put your trust in and your hope in. Uh, Something that is sure and settled forever. For eternity, it's settled. And look, He is faithful Unto all generations, thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. Uh, when we put our faith in God, it, it, it's, it's an unfailing source, of, source of, of comfort and strength to get through whatever we may be facing. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for uh, <clears throat> Lord, how you do work in circumstances. I pray that each one of us will keep the right perspective, Lord, that we would trust you. And Lord, that you would give us the strength to remain faithful. And Father, we pray for your blessing on the service to follow. We ask, Lord, that you would do a work that only you can. Thank you, Lord, for sending Christ to die in our place. Lord, the power of the resurrection. We pray, Lord, that you'd save souls today. Lord, that you work in the heart of the believer. And that each one would be drawn near to you.
In Jesus' name, amen.